everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. Thanks for being with us, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the show. Big Dave and Joe coming to you from South Florida, Poker Action Line. And uh, lots of stuff to talk about, Joe, uh, as usual. Uh, the best bet, uh, Bounty Scramble, WPT event, uh, final table going on right now as we speak in uh, Jacksonville. Uh, we've had people from Jacksonville on several times. Uh, uh, Deb Giardina is, of course, the runs the room there and uh, a lot of old friends that have been on the show before. Um, also, we have the World Series of Poker Europe, which is underway. Uh, you know, we don't know a lot of the players that are making the final tables there. They have had one uh, title, uh, Sherbakov, uh, Oleksandr Sherbakov, I guess, is, was the first winner of the monster stack there as they got things underway. They also have an event that's similar to the Colossus with 10 opening sessions at 550 buy-in. And a $2 million guarantee. So kind of copied after the uh, Colossus a little bit. And then later on, they'll have the uh, main event. Of course, all the other events going on as well. Um, the one news we can give you out of there is that uh, Jesus Ferguson has been passed for player of the year by Ryan Hughes. Uh, most of the top uh, guys that were in contention did not make the trip over there, but Ryan Hughes did. And they're very close. Uh, Min cash either way could change things, but... Chris Ferguson uh, still uh, with a chance to win that Player of the Year honors. Yeah, which is not going to make uh, the majority of the poker world very happy, no. you know, especially with his name being dragged through the mud with the full tilt and everything else. Uh, the other thing that I kind of left loose-ended uh, in the last couple of shows was that uh, discussion about the, the Gardens Casino and whatever happened with their main event. They did complete the extra days that they added. Uh, people went and talked to the State Gaming Commission. As I mentioned, it's what they should do. But the response was, you know, they're allowed to change the schedule anytime they want, basically. Which is, which is what I also mentioned, you know. But uh, they would not have done that if they could not do it with the state. That's why I knew they would not catch any now. Filing those complaints with the state, you know, puts a lot of pressure on them. It was a, it was a 565 buy-in with the $1 million guarantee. I guess through Friday they had only 1,360 entries, so they were going to go way short. They added the extra um, sessions, a Friday night session, and then two a Saturday, two Sunday, moved day two and three back. And as it turned out, they came very close to the guarantee. Uh, if you don't count the uh, extra $65 that basically goes to the house and house fee. So and, with and the, the house money, they came close. With, with the house money, they went over. But without the house fee and all that, uh, they had to come up with, I think, $9,500 or something. Uh, they nothing. had 1,981 entries in the end. Oh, they made money on it. Yeah. They made money. But not, not the full uh, boat. That that it doesn't matter. At that point, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But, but what they made in money there, they're going to lose a hundred times yeah. that in reputation. Yeah. Because no one's ever... They, I, I don't see how they can ever run another tournament. Because... From what you you've heard, has Hylia recovered from their debacle? Um, well, remember, it's a whole new staff to, over there. They, they really have not gone... Does that solve the problem? Gone, does that solve the problem? Yeah. I guess for yeah, the future. Because, because, remember, un, unlike you know uh, the Hawaiian Gardens or the Gardens Casino, as it's called now, in California... 
it was uh, here. It was a uh, in Hialeah was people looking to that they were stealing, that the staff was stealing. Right. You know, not that the casino itself had you know put an edict out there. You know, so you know when you have a staff that's that's you know accused of cheating of people watching floor people. I mean, it involved it involved almost all of management. You understand yeah. because most of their floor people, you know, it was just it was just brutal how they were doing it. You know, they 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 thought that they could just get away with everything and they got caught. Gardens is different. You place the you place the guarantee on a tournament, okay? And now because you are you were going to fall way short, the casino, you know, the the, the poker room casino decides we're going to add extra days, and in essence. Forget about the extra flights. It's what you discussed last week and the week before that. It was the inconvenience of now days two, three, and four, whatever you know, however many days it went past that those those first flights that were affected by it. And people made scheduling, uh, travel schedules, right. work schedules to hey, if I get past day one, I know I'm going to be playing day two on this day. Well, that wasn't the case, and now, you know. They're both neck and neck as far as how a poker player would look at this. But, you know, when they wiped out uh, the staff at Hialeah, they really have not lost what I thought they might lose because of, you know, the quick actions that they did there. And it really wasn't as quick as I thought. They, they you know, put Band-Aids on a couple of a couple of the, the wounds. Uh, but, you know, once they had Nelson resign and Danny get out of there and kind of cleaned house with his staff... Um, you know, I, the people kind of had faith in the new people that were in charge there. One of the, the person in charge there was a young lady that worked for me, Adriana uh, Jimenez. And, you know, she's a great girl and, uh, you know, very talented in this business. And it seems like their bottom line has not been hurt. Right. They have not had a big tournament that I know of, uh, nothing that they advertise anyway, Um you know, I know they have a couple of smaller tournaments similar to what we do in Dania, one-day tournaments and stuff like that. But to have something similar to have a to big one where they try to get people to come in from Exactly. Out of town, that that, that is problem. no, you know, and probably smart that they don't do that. Yeah. You know, going forward maybe in another year or two, kind of let everybody realize, hey, new management's come in. Things are run a lot differently here. Well, let me ask you this. You, from time to time, ask me if I've heard anything about uh, Brian and Sandy from the uh, PPC, which I really haven't. And neither but have I'll, I'll come back to you and say, have you heard anything about what happened to Nelson or Danny or any of those guys? Um, yeah, well, I, I've, I've been told that Danny's uh, out of the state. And, uh, you know, there was even some <laughs> crazy rumors that Nelson was going to come back and, and uh, you know, was looking for a job. Um, he's been, I know, I was told by fellow pre- previous workers of mine, he tried to show up at King's Court and they escorted him out. Wow. Okay. Nelson tried to show up over there, and okay. being that that's a property of Hialeah, he was escorted out. Again, that's what I was told by, by two former employees of mine that work there now. Okay. Uh, one of the other things I want to talk about is a big story came out today on all the news stations. They had a uh, media op, photo op uh, for the news stations uh, over at the Seminole Hard Rock to kind of uh, show people the plans for the Hotel and uh, Nick Sordle wrote a little story about it, and we'll get to that too. Uh, That's today. probably coming out tomorrow, right? In Nick's well, article? I saw some stuff actually. Well, I think he's already written a story. It's up on his blog. I don't know about when it comes in the Herald, but uh, there, of course, was uh, some stuff up there about uh, 
some on-site things yeah. from the reporters from the different news stations at, at noon. So they must have done it this morning around 10 o'clock or something like that. So uh, that's going on right now, too. So we'll... Uh, you know, I, I called you about a month and a half ago uh, concerning our good friend Nick Sordle. I never got back to you, but because I remember Nick always came out in the weekend edition of The Herald on Fridays. Do you know that his article now has been moved to Thursdays? Oh, is that right? So it was, it was so funny because I'm going, wait a minute, he can't be on vacation already. Two weeks in a row. So I had forgotten. I couldn't find it. On, and then I saw it one day on a Thursday. So. Well, he was, uh, not, he was kind of uh, incognito for a while because he went to Vegas for the uh, Global Gaming Expo and uh, uh, wrote a lot of stories there. I guess he wrote writes for more than just a Herald, and he wrote a lot of stories in magazines and stuff like that. Well, we so I think he did 14 stories in like 10 days. We know how talented Nick is. Yeah, so great guy. He's great a guy. great, great guy. Uh, but let me give you a little information that came out today about the Seminoles. It's, uh, the hotel is a uh, $1.5 billion hotel. It's going to be... It's going to be... The current one, I should say, is a 12... Floors. This one is 450 feet high, so you're thinking you're talking somewhere around 45 stories, right? Which is, uh, you know, nearly uh, or over three and a half times bigger than the one there now. And the Seminole Hard Rock there, you can see from all around when you're driving. You know, yes. I mean, it's a yes, pretty, you can. it's a pretty obvious one. This is going to be shaped like a t- guitar, and they showed all the plans. It's, it's going to be beautiful. It triples their hotel room space. So they say that in the last five years they. Outside of a 50-mile radius, they haven't really even done any advertising to bring people in here because they never felt like they had the room. But now they'll step things up big time because they have three times as many rooms. Yeah, and, and you know, you're always comping, trying to comp rooms, I guess, to their top players. Now they could kind of ease up a little bit as, yeah. to, as to the what volume you need to be spending your money at to, to get uh, comps there. Well, the word was that since they opened the hotel, they've had 96% occupancy. Which is pretty impressive. Yes, it is. For all the competition in Florida. Uh, of course, uh, Hard Rock Live is where the concerts have been in the past. 5,500 seats. Uh, that will be re- uh, torn down in March of next year. And they'll replace it with a new 7,000-seat concert I, hall. I just hope that they make this, because this seemed like they made it. But have you ever watched a concert there? Yeah. Because if you're on the side there, you're, you're constantly turning. Well, yeah. You I know. mean, the seats are pointed toward like a basketball court. Exactly. Toward, toward that's, the that's what the, I mean. Of the so, court. Uh, I hopefully they've designed something. You a want a swivel better. on your chair or something? Not, not a swivel, but you know, just angle, angle them toward the stage. Angle the chair. Well, see, when it was built, it was an stage. arena, and uh, it wasn't just planned for concerts. So with the stage that's, on one end. Yeah, so. exactly. That's what I'm so saying. There's so. a lot of places like that. Do you ever watch a concert at the Sportatorium? So no, it's I a little didn't. better than that. No, <laughs> no I haven't. <laughs> anyway, uh, so the the new Hard Rock Live will be there. Uh, they'll have uh, tons of new uh, shops and, and restaurants. Uh, the hotel, as I mentioned, $1.5 billion expected to be completed in the summer of 2019. And uh, really what they're shooting for is to have everything in place somewhere around the summer and late part of the year, 2019. And then the following year, the Super Bowl comes back to Miami. So... Uh, that will be uh, very interesting right, what, there. So what, they've been working on this thing for about 10 years. What do you think they're going to try to host one of the teams <laughs> at their hotel? Yeah, I would say. Um, it was kind of funny today, I guess, that the the publicists got up there and they compared the guitar-shaped hotel to the Eiffel Tower, the St. Louis Gateway Arch, and the Washington Monument. 
How about we build it first <laughs> yeah, before exactly. we start comparing it to, to, anyway, <laughs> the, to pool, the wonders of the world? The pool, which is a great pool there now, is going to be uh, even more spectacular. Ten acres. It's going to be called the Bora Bora Experience. Private villas surrounded entirely by water and waterfalls. They're going to have chicky cabanas dotting the, the lagoon-style resort pool. And they'll have beach club dining and uh, canoes and paddle boats, all kinds of things. The property will now have uh, 1,300 rooms, 3,500 slot machines, 200 table games, 60,000 feet of retail and restaurant space. How many table games did you say? 200. Wow. So and those that, are a bunch of the numbers that's today. that's without craps and, and, and roulette, right? Because right. they don't have right craps now. and roulette right, right now. Exactly. So those exactly. are blackjack, baccarat. Right. So anyway, they did sign that new compact, which is keeps them in the blackjack till 2030. Uh, they're talking about 3,000 uh, permanent jobs uh, being added. Uh, some numbers came out about what they've made uh, f- for the fiscal year, which uh, ended in last year June. Uh, those are the last numbers they have: 579 million dollars for the year, uh, which is a, mo- a little more than what the eight paramutuals in South Florida took in as a group. And uh, the total for the seven now, casinos. Now, is that from their slot machines only? Uh, just that's just their gambling take, and I, okay. I think slots and, so, and the table games that they do have okay. and, and poker. Um, Two point three billion for the seven altogether. So pretty impressive numbers. Yes, it is. So anyway, uh, they had a big thing today. Uh, little Stephen, uh, Stephen Van Zandt, of course, from the Sopranos and Bruce Springsteen's band, uh, was there. And uh, the drummer from Iron Maiden, I don't know how they came up with that, but uh, <laughs> Nico uh, McBrain is the, his name. Anyway, uh, pretty spectacular, and it's a long way to go, but uh, uh, we do like what they've done in this town. They do have a huge advantage over the paramutuals, and, and they've taken advantage of it and really made something really nice there and will continue to grow. Yeah, can you imagine once this is up there? I mean, they're they're, they're already crushing the competition by the time this is up there if the competition can't take advantage of them going through their rebuilding stage now or or the addition stage now you know this i hate to see those numbers dave because i think once they have that hotel up there and the new casino and everything else i think i think they may be able to double by themselves what the other casinos do yeah. Now, right now, they're they're equal to it. Right. You know, you might see it two to one uh, the next time once everything is said and done in a couple of years. Uh, the other thing I just want to mention briefly, give you a chance to think about it during the break, but uh, uh, out in Las Vegas where they're still recovering from the horrible massacre uh, a few weeks ago uh, outside the Mandalay Bay at the concert across the street uh, when uh, 58 people were killed. Uh, really, one of the fall- things that falls out of that is the elimination of their famous uh, catchphrase for their advertising. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. They thought that was not quite apropos anymore, and they put that slogan into retirement now, deeming it inappropriate. So uh, right now they're just using the catchphrase on Twitter, Vegas strong. Yeah, which is what they should do, but it's a damn shame that one idiot, you know, isn't it amazing how that destroyed how the a great, because that's a huge that's, that's a saying that everybody mecca? knows around the world. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. You know, so uh, but you know, the, unfortunately, that's the world we live in today. And uh, you know when that was, first came out, two thousand two. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yeah. So, and I think they even retired it at one time for a little while when they tried to become more of a family destination. 
they kind of eliminated it from a lot of their advertising, well, and that didn't really work so well. So uh, the family thing. Let me tell you. I mean, there's some someone good things who has fought family. his family there because different events that were going on, and we went with our family. But you couldn't walk the streets, the boulevard, because uh, the strip. Too dangerous? No, it wasn't because it was too dangerous. They were handing out, uh, you know, men, women, you know, they were handing out. Flyers, well, it was uh, yes, strip yeah, clubs. Yeah, some of them, some of them were, were covered a little bit, but you know, but the thing is, even if you didn't get them from any of the guys handing it to you, you kept telling them no. People were just throwing them on the floor. Yeah. So your kids couldn't help but see. They have this. prostitutes out there. The, really? Not in the town of Vegas. No, no, not at all. Not oh, at to all. go out to the chicken <laughs> ranch and all that stuff. Yeah, so it was uh, you know, and that to call, but uh, you know, that sucked because I remember the first time the MGM used to have in their back now by where their big pool is and everything is they used to have it it was like a mini universal it was like a mini universal yeah and I'm talking you know 20 years ago 20 plus years ago it was like a mini universal back there so you know you brought your it was more for the kids like you said they were trying to make it a little more family friendly but they sure they sure screwed that up by by not getting their 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 law people on these people handing out these uh you know uh stripper cards and all these things that they were handing out back then right okay let's take our first break in the show uh we got a few things to talk about in the world of poker going on right now uh, as far as tournaments and stuff we'll get to that uh i also want to get to that article last week we talked about good habits to adopt uh in the game of poker especially if you're kind of in a beginning or a novice type player moving up and learning more about the game uh I got some habits to avoid, so I want to get to that maybe <laughs> later in the show as well. So I'm probably going to be able to check off quite a few of those. So. <laughs> okay, we'll be back with more of the show. You're listening to Poker Action Line. Pick us up on SoundCloud, on Stitcher, on our website, Poker Action Line, on iTunes, or on the Hold'em Radio Network. A lot of different places to get the show. And we'll be back with more of tonight's action after this. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, The prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. 
I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. WFO Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA Full Throttle Drag Racing Series. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the first edition of NHRA Nitro. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez. Uh, locally here in town, the Isle Casino playing their Isle Open. And uh, the main event still to come. Uh, we do the show here on Wednesdays as a, as a rule. And uh, it will start on Friday, the 27th of October, will be uh, uh, the day starting the main event. And they have, uh, uh, I believe, three. I'll make it two. Two uh, opening sessions, uh, Friday and Saturday, and then Sunday. Uh, we'll begin day two, and then we'll get to some of the final stuff next week. Uh, looking forward to uh, dropping by there and seeing a lot of the local players here. Uh, just looking down some of the latest results, they had a small tournament, uh, 150 buy-in tournament, and I was looking at it. Elisa Teabaggy was the winner from Lighthouse Point, uh, one of the top women players in town. And uh, looking down the list, uh, Al Gomez in sixth place. <laughs> Big Al. So... Uh, few of the people that we know for a long time. Al's become a pretty good little player. I'll yes, he has. Not he a really player. has. He's not he a little knows how player, to play it. He's, he's gotten himself very well educated on it. And, uh, you know, I've seen him playing at Dania. Uh, oh, he does come out there and yeah, play? Yeah, okay. yeah. He's playing in some of the tournaments out there. And, he's you know, he's he's, he's played. I've, I've been impressed with the way he's played. So. Very good. Very good. Uh, the World Poker Tour, as we mentioned, is in uh, Jacksonville. They're down to four players. A uh, huge chip lead for Darren Elias, who is looking for his fourth uh, WPT title, uh, which is pretty impressive. Uh, Sam Panzika is also in those final four. Sam uh, won earlier this year, and he has, he's looking for his third WPT title. Yeah, I was just going to say, Sam's won a few himself. Yeah, John Esposito, Paul Petraglia. Uh, that's the group. Petraglia, uh, just under 1.5 million chips, but Elias has 5.7 million chips. So... Uh, big lead there, Sam Panzica at uh, 1.3, John Esposito 1.1. And uh, eliminated earlier today uh, as they started the final table and the taping for television, uh, Shankar Pillai uh, was eliminated in fifth place. The first one out, uh, or Pillai was the first one out. The second one out was Garov Reina. So uh, that's your final group there. It was a bounty tournament, as we mentioned. The uh, Bay 101 is off the schedule for next year, which leaves the bounty uh the Jacksonville tournament is the only bounty tournament. Just to give you an idea of some of the big players, uh, the big names that were bounties in this event, John Hesp was there, uh, Anthony Zeno, Byron Coverman, uh, a lot of the local players, the Grinder, Lonnie Harwood, James Calderaro, uh, Jessica Dolly, Sam Sovereil, uh, just among the list of names of people who were bounties in this event. Also, uh, Noah Schwartz, Matt Stout, Ebony Kenny. Uh, Mad Marvin, National Players, Mad Marvin, Rettenmeyer, Chance Corneth, 
Ari Engel, Ryan Reese, Tom Marchese. Nice, nice group of players. Yeah. <laughs> so, most of whom I, did make the final. Table. I know. Last week we were kind of talking a little bit about you know trying to guess why Bay 101. They, nothing has come out as no, to why they. Really. they I don't they've think they're going to release a lot of that information. To be honest with you. But uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, four players left, Elias, the leader, and we'll be following that down. US, uh, WSOP Europe gets underway with uh, their Colossus tournament over the weekend here. Uh, it's not called the Colossus, but uh, somewhat similar, a large tournament with many opening sessions, a huge guarantee, and uh, should be pretty interesting this weekend. That's, of course, coming from Rosvedov in the Czech Republic which is uh, near the border with Germany, so uh, for people who are unfamiliar with that. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention was uh, uh, they're taking a look at poker for the Olympics to be an Olympic sport. Wow, really? Which is kind of uh, surprising and, and downright weird. Uh, this In the next uh, Summer Olympics, it is in Tokyo in 2020. They added sports like karate, surfing, rock climbing, and skateboarding. So those have been coming for a while, but uh, they have granted what they're calling observer status to uh, uh, activities such as uh, arm wrestling, foosball, dodgeball, and poker. <laughs> <laughs> Would you win your Olympic medal in? I, I won in dodgeball. I would dodgeball. see in those Olympic events. Can you imagine that? Did you ever play foosball? Uh, yeah, then? the foosballs. I was the actually pretty good. You know, I was a pretty good player. I, I wasn't a very good player at that. I didn't have that. We, we, I didn't we have like for we, that. We played like every day in high school. Okay. I had a friend who had a table on his on his porch. Yeah, well, that was we it. Played with every me. day. Whenever I would see it, I'd be months in between playing, so I never got was able to practice at it. Well, yeah, it does take practice. That's <laughs> yeah, for sure. I yeah. mean, it's a real skill game. Now, unlike people that go and play and spin the rods and stuff like that, which you're not allowed to do when you're, <laughs> when you're on a real competition. The, the interesting thing I heard was, well, if poker gets in the Olympics, Michael Phelps may be able to add to his 28 Olympic medals. <laughs> He's a poker player, huh? He does play a lot of poker. Uh, it's a uh, it's a game that where the uh, teams combine chips are compared after every hand. Points are allocated. Players reset their stacks, and the next hand begins. Um they're trying to take away a lot of the uh, luck factor and, and have it be more a game of skill. Otherwise, you know, it's not really, um, you know, you don't want chance to be the core of the game in, in an Olympic sport. And uh, they're really kind of playing around with the format. But it's similar to the one they used in that uh, Brains versus AI uh, Carnegie Mellon uh, computer right, yes. competition. Which when they when they retweaked that thing, uh, the machine kicked everybody's butt, yeah, didn't exactly. it? Yeah, uh, exactly. So they have a predetermined amount of hands. Uh, there's they use a digital device, and the same cards are dealt at all tables. So uh, you know to try to uh, have it more of a competition and not just luck. You know the people are actually using the same hands and playing them differently. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, I'm not real hopeful on that one, but. Uh, doesn't seem like that would be an Olympic event. Yeah, I, listen, unless they tweak that. I have a hard time calling it a sport. Yeah. Here, I <laughs> yeah, we, we'd like it to be a sport in sponsor-wise, and uh, that way you could get it buy-ins a little cheaper if you had sponsors involved in this. And, and maybe going back to the days of, uh, you know, having all these online sites, shelling out money for for, for the representatives and everything else and you know and everything else but i don't see how you make that an olympic sport yeah pretty crazy 
Uh, and as far as competitions go, uh, we know that people are always trying to find an angle to cheat. And we saw that came out when a poker player uh, went on 2 plus 2 and talked about his experience on uh, uh, site on Party Poker. And there's some big tournaments. And he noticed in this tournament that um, he was down to the – he made it into the final four. and didn't really say exactly where he finished, but he said out of the final six he knocked out three. And uh, so I guess he – At least third. Yeah, I guess he got third or second. But whatever. Uh, his main thing that he noticed was that uh, when they were down to seven players, the six other players – None of his six opponents ever called any all-in by one of the others. And then after he busted out, he watched the tournament and noticed that it took only three more minutes to compete, complete. Well, once he busted out, if we know that he knocked out three, they were heads up. Yeah. So, you know. But he I, said there was 48 hands, there was a lot of all-ins, and no one ever called. Okay, but again, you know, in 48 hands, people could get hands that they're not looking to go all-in with, not to mention the money jump. That you have from right. seven, six, fifth, fourth, you you understand that? Well, it, you know the it goes farther. Than you need that. to get a little more information. Yeah, well, the information he did was he tracked some of those players that he were in the tournament with him. He said they all signed up this year and played in the what was called the Clubber Two events. They all played in a different number, but he said uh, six of them joined the same high roller tournament, and four of them hadn't even played any tournaments since the one he played in. Um, he watched a couple other players, found eight more players with a similar tournament history to the other six. So he reported it to Party Poker, and they're investigating. Yeah, well, listen, you know, they go in the back channels. They see how they've played each hand against each other and, and against they, other players. And just to let you know, they have suspended a bunch of those accounts, so they obviously found something. Okay, yeah. Well, if they did, obvious, if they've suspended it, then obviously something was going on. This, I mean, I, I've always been an advocate for, and again, I'm not a tech guy, Dave, So, but I remember when I was involved with, with these people uh, in 2004, you know, I kept trying to tell the, the tech people, I said, listen, for security reasons, you need, to, you need to have something that spits out when the same players, you know, the same login name is, is playing at the same table with, other, with similar right. players, you know, and then, you, be a way to then you need to, then you need to, Sit there and have someone who knows what poker's about, okay? Because the tech people could know how to get all this information, not know what to do with that information. But if I'm there looking at it as a poker guy, and I'm seeing the history of the hands that you're playing, and the hands that two or three other people that are always playing against you, right. and I'm seeing that you've got other people in the middle, again, for someone who knows anything about poker, okay, you can immediately tell if someone is soft playing, you know, if they're if they're squeezing someone in the middle, you know, all you have to do is watch their history, and you'll know exactly what's going on. Right. Uh, John uh, Esposito has been eliminated out in Jacksonville. Uh, they're down to three players now, and apparently lost a big hand to Darren Elias, who's up to over seven million in chips. Paul Petraglia, Sam Panzica hanging in there, but uh, ways back. Anyway, uh, let's take our second break on the show. Uh, when we come back, we'll uh, look at our little article about uh, some. Bad habits. Some to bad avoid. habits. I guarantee you I've got a few, quite a few of them there. Or I've had them. Okay. We'll take a look at that when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line. We'll be back after this. This is Poker Action Line. 
This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. It is with sound mind and body that I, James Fredericks III, after fighting with all direct family members for decades, leave my entire fortune of $32 million to the one friend I had in the end, the package delivery guy, Matt Sunger. Woohoo! Yeah! I had a feeling about this. Uh-huh. I'm rich! Oh, this cannot be happening. Actually, it's not happening. What? What? And it never will. I don't get it. There aren't even people here. That's just one of those murmuring sound effects. Seriously? Listen, if you want to have money in your future, don't rely on luck. Huh. Put 10 bucks away each month. Cook once in a while instead of eating out. Okay. Pay down your high-interest credit card. Right. Small changes today, big bucks tomorrow. So, no inheritance? Uh, no. Go to FeedThePig.org for more free ideas. FeedThePig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. And just to be clear, no inheritance, right? Big David Joe, let's talk a little bit about uh, some bad habits to avoid. And uh, I'm sure we've all uh, made a few mistakes uh, in the beginning, but uh, maybe you'll learn something here and uh, change your game a little bit just so that you uh, can't be uh, caught up to, really. Uh, let's uh, start with number one, prematurely getting ready to fold. And, I mean, a lot of people do this. They start to pick up their cards, and, and you, say, you may say to yourself, uh, you know, after all, you're planning to fold anyway, so what's the difference? But it could come back to bite you um, with, for players with borderline hands that may I may addressed this a it. little bit last week okay, but go with ahead. that. But, yes, you know, with people, even if they don't fold, they already have their hands on the cards like this. And when you just tell them not to do that, they're like, oh, you don't know what I'm doing. Uh, no, no, idiot. Yes, we do know exactly what you're doing, you know. Uh, and, yeah, that's really bad poker etiquette, so much so that, you know, I've seen it almost come to blows. Well, what if people uh, pick that up, too, and then in a later hand, you don't touch the cards like that, and then you, they, they know you're strong, and then they may fold. Yeah, well, I, again, the, you, you're allowed to you get away with that once. After that, you know, they'll, they'll, you know people will, will, will be leery of what you're doing, but it's just something that you don't really see. And, and the reason is it, it's not going to affect that person's hand but it's going to affect the other players in the hand, Dave. And I'll be honest with you, I've had it. I've had it affect me positively and negatively. Because I'll be honest with you, I've been in position where I was ready to fold my hand, okay? Because I had people to act behind me, and the person behind me folded. So now, I didn't have to worry about one extra person in the hand. It was just me and the other player. And if he hadn't indicated to me that he was going to fold. And I, you know, and this has happened, I'm sure, to almost every poker player who's played for any amount of any extended amount of time. And the same thing has happened for me, where I'm the one leading out with a bet, and the guy in the middle is about to fold when the guy whose last act indicates that he's about to fold his hands, 
And I've had them even look at me going, well, since he's going to fold, I'm going to call you. And you were making a bluff. And the bluff would have worked out perfectly because this guy was about to fold. But the guy behind him acted out of turn. Yeah. So, yeah, this is very bad. I've seen it create many, many, many problems in, in the poker room. Okay. A similar one is uh, counting out chips in anticipation of making a bet. It's really a newbie mistake, but very similar. This is the, this is this, this is the the other flip side of that same coin. Right. You understand where you know um, somebody is doing that, and and you they're giving out information. Now, usually in that case, it could cost like if you have the winning hand, that guy's doing that, and you know you have the nuts. You're also upset because somebody else was about to make the call from the bet that you made. And now because he was making the call, this guy folds, so you actually lost money on that. Okay. It's it's the uh, you yeah. know it's 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 on like I said the flip side of that. And again, that's a mistake that rookies, real rookies, make. All right. Uh, also, and this one I've probably been uh, at fault at, at doing is looking to the right when you know you're going to fold, in order to kind of figure out when it's time to fold, when it's your turn to act, and looking to the right ahead of you uh, to see what's happening. Uh, that's just more information, again, that you're giving out to uh, other players. Yeah, and, and again, these, these kind of all group together, right. you know, that, you're, that your actions are giving away or tells that, that are giving information, lots of information to your opponents. Okay. Uh, let's switch gears a little bit uh, about uh, some playing decisions. Uh, bad habit to try to avoid is slow playing strong flops. Uh, you're trying to get clever and uh, slow play your hand. Uh, the bad habit to get into, and uh, the better action probably is well, to be aggressive. I would imagine that top professionals will tell you uh, this is something, and again, if this is just for novice, Dave, yes. You understand? Now, top pros may play this differently based on position, based right. on opponents. Right. You understand? Uh, you're trying to maximize the most that you can. Um, and yeah, you don't want to give a free card. Like I'm, like I'm saying, if, if if the board had come out like a 9-10 queen and you had a set of queens, you definitely don't want to give a free card because a jack falls in there, an 8, a king, you understand? Mm-hmm. You're giving somebody a chance. So you've got to punish the people who are going to be chasing an open-ended straight on you or, or you know, uh, trying to catch that straight with you. May, they may have a, a 10 jack and think you're, you know, they, you know, thinking that you're just trying to play the move on them, and all of a sudden they catch the eight or the king, and now they've got the strain, and you've got to worry about pairing up for the full house. You really don't want to be giving those, um, you know, you really don't want to be giving away those hands there. Right. But now, Dave, let's say you get queen, the flop comes, uh, you know, queen, deuce, seven, rainbow. Do you want to bet that hand really strong? Would you want to bet that hand really strong? No. Especially if you have some, no, if no, because you're hoping your opponent will come out with something first to try to bluff you on it. Maybe they caught, maybe they have the, the case queen with something else and they think top pair is great. Okay. Uh, whatever, whatever it is, you're looking, you have a monster, you, you flopped a monster hand there right. with a pair of queens and a queen seven deuce rainbow flop comes up. Okay. There's almost nothing that's coming up to, to to beat your hand. Right. Okay. So you're hoping your opponent catches something. You're trying to maximize it. You come out strong there. You've got the two queens. So what are you going to be called by? You're only going to get called by someone who may have so played pocket deuces, uh, pocket, pocket sevens. sevens, or someone who maybe has a king queen 
and thinks they're, that they've got a better kicker than you. Yeah. Outside of that, you've got nothing. You've got to try to draw some people in to get that money. Okay. The next one is uh, glancing at your trip, your chips. When you get a strong flop, uh, a lot of players do this uh, and give away a lot of information here. Uh, you need to avoid this tell by refraining from any kind of eye movement after the flop, no matter how the flop helps or hurts your hand. Yeah, well, let me tell you something. That is, that has, that actually, I I had given that advice to my brother because I don't remember who I read that from many many years ago. And when my brother was first starting out, I was trying to give him all the pointers, and he's become a much better poker player than I than I than I've ever been. But he told me, I remember him calling me all excited, and he goes, i got to tell you about a hand I lost. And I go, about a hand you lost? He goes, oh, yeah, but if you hadn't told me, to, the guy looking at his chips, it would have cost me a ton of money. He had flopped a very strong hand, but he saw as he was making a bet that the one guy just kept staring at his chips, and he decided to just check, and the guy checked trying to get him to draw in, and when the guy finally bet at the end, he just felt something, and he goes, I let it go, and the guy was so frustrated, he turned over, you know, he had flopped the stone-cold nuts, he couldn't lose, no matter what came on the turning river, and my brother, I don't remember if he had maybe the nut flush, and this guy had hit a straight flush on him, but he goes, just because of the way this guy was staring at his stack, he wouldn't take his eyes off his stack, you know, until the, the, the action, until the dealer told him the action was on him, and that saved him a lot of money, so yeah, that's a big mistake, a lot of rookies make that when you're first starting in this game. Just keep your focus and your eyesight looking at the pot or at the, or at the opponent across the table from you. Another one fairly similar is talking when you hit your hand. Uh, a lot of people just uh, have that uh, strong release of energy and uh, you know just want to start talking. I said that many players, whether they're new, intermediate, or veterans, they just can't seem to refrain from playful banter when they feel good about their chance of winning. Right, but you know what's happened in many in the you know the, that was also a tell that that I read a couple of years ago. But people kind of have used the reverse tell on that. Once again, it all depends on who you're playing with, Dave. If I know I'm playing with a with a with a top pro who's been playing for many years, you know, I look at this a little differently. Are they trying to set me up for something there? You know, the, the, you've got these reverse tells now. This this information that this gentleman has been given on this article is great for <clears throat> beginners. And the other people at the table will know if you're a beginner. Yeah. For the most part, they will know. You know, the experienced players will, will smell that, that fresh blood in the water and uh, yeah. and say, okay, let's see what I could take advantage of. So these are great, you know, great things for you to follow if you're a novice player out there and trying to learn poker. Some of these you'll, you could play off you of as, later. You, as yeah, you become sure. more experienced. Uh, staring at the board on the flop. A lot of times this means you missed your flop. Uh, he recommends uh, simply briefly looking at the flop, then looking somewhere else. Well, put it this way. Here's a, while you're saying these are bad things to do, right. One of the best things, one of the best uh, advice that people get, gave me a long time ago, Dave, was don't even look at the flop. When the flop comes out, Watch your opponents that have cards. Look for their reaction, mm -hmm. which is in essence the same thing here. But right. now, now I'm putting it on the positive I end. See. Because if you're the one looking, you're going to more than likely give out a facial expression to whether the flop was good or bad. It, it doesn't necessarily – he's mentioning that it all you, means you didn't hit it as you're staring at it. No, sometimes you hit it so well you can't believe it. You keep looking at it. Best thing is try to 
don't look at it until it's almost time for you to act. Okay. That way you haven't That's given any advice. information to anybody. I never really thought much about that one. Yeah. Uh, resting on your elbows and slouching, uh, bad physical <laughs> habits that can uh, uh, drain your energy and end uh, a session. Yeah, well, listen, and, and I got, I'm, I'm going to add something, an extra sentence to that, to that thing there. I don't look at it as the slouching part because if you've been there a long time, but the problem is, and I had this little tell in my game, okay, because of the way I, you know, if, if I was there for a while, this one would come out, Dave, and I'd be similar to how you see me sitting here in the studio like this, kind of relaxed. And then I had the bad habits, you know, my, from my first year, year and a half of playing, of when I had nailed that flop, uh, now, now I'm sitting at attention. Yeah. <laughs> you see, I just moved up and got very comfortable in my chair, stood straight up, you know, because cause I'm, I'm ready to do battle with somebody now. We could that flop. And the top players would never give me any action because they knew immediately as soon as I straightened myself up, I had just hit the flop. Okay, let's move on. Uh, another bad habit to avoid is drinking. Alcohol while you're playing. Well, that's probably the cardinal one that I that I <laughs> that, that people couldn't believe how many coronas I used to down or or the nip uh, the bud nips uh, the nip buds uh, cans that I would down and drinking beer never affected me uh, for some reason I don't care how yeah, many I had. You, you may know, not even get drunk at but but but, but now if you had given me two or three glasses of wine at that same time, my my decision making was completely shot. So, you know, people would always say, I don't know how the hell you're drinking so many beers, you know. And my, the biggest problem for me there was sometimes I could go two hours without going to the bathroom. But once I, once I went once, it was like <laughs> you could set your clock to it every 10, 15 <laughs> minutes. I had to make a beeline to the bathroom. Okay, number 10 is uh, playing interactive games at the table, uh, whether you're playing Chinese poker or crossword puzzles or whatever you're doing uh, uh, takes away your attention from the game. He just says, "Well, it's that's, obvious, that's for the new that's for the new generation of right. poker players, Dave. Because you and I never had that. I was never. I was never. The, you want to know what? I'm sorry, Dave. You know what we had uh, as opposed to the um, you know the, the electronics and playing all these other games, which I see in the casino now, almost on every single table that I play at. Somebody's either playing a game. Some people are playing poker on their phone while they're actually playing for live cash here. I don't know if it's live cash or not. The biggest problem that we had with that was, um, you know, I gambled on, on sporting events. So when I was in a casino or in a house game, TV would be on. My, I wouldn't have full concentration on the game, which is, I'm sure, the point that this gentleman right. is trying to get to. You need to concentrate because by not concentrating on the game, you're missing a lot of the tells that this gentleman is saying are bad habits that you have. Right. So, you know, and you'd be all excited watching the football game, baseball, basketball, whatever was on TV that you had wagered some money on. Yeah. Okay. Smoking is uh, number 11, and uh, not just because, uh, you know, you're, you're bothering people if it is a bar or a poker room where you can smoke at a table. People just don't like it for the most thing. But the problem is, is if you can't smoke at the table, you're thinking about when to get up and, and leave the table, and maybe you can leave a really good hand on the table. Yeah, but, you know, this, it, it's, it's nice to say that, but when, people who are addicted to smoking are not going to look at that that way. Okay. You know, we got so many people jumping out of the table now to go outside to have a smoke because outside of, I don't even think you're allowed to smoke in, in any of the Indian uh, poker rooms. Right. You understand? And you can't smoke in the casinos down here in South Florida. I know California is the same way. I think most poker rooms around the country are smoke-free now. So, you know, 
if you if you have an addiction to smoking, and I smoked for many years, and you know, when that urge hits you, you're gonna yeah. wait till the button passes you, and you're gonna run out and take five ten minutes to have a cigarette or two, and then come back and hope that you know. But here's here's the here's the funny part of, of my place, okay? Uh, some people come back and they don't smell like cigarettes when they come back. <laughs> Else I'm just grateful. I'm just grateful they're not drug testing me after some of these guys sit next to me because I think I'm getting a contact high. Uh, next one is similar gambling. Uh, whether you, well, you know here at the paramutuals, uh, you know that's part of their business is to have you betting on a horse race. <coughs> Takes your focus away from the game, but if you're usually you're not a serious player in that right. regard. Well, and here's a big thing that uh, down here people have gotten used to it. When I first started, it was like a, I was like, no, you can't do that. No, no, because that's that, you're breaking a cardinal sin of poker. Well, you know, in the state of Florida, you know, you are allowed to bet. They have bet runners, as you well know, Dave. And uh, bet runners would come in, and these guys are betting either the horses, the high lie, the dogs, whatever it is, and they're telling the young lady. So one, it slows down the game. So people are getting frustrated. Two, here in the state of Florida, they're allowed to pay these bets with the chips that they have in front of them. So that's, taking that, money, off that's the table. money off the table, you understand, which is a cardinal sin in, in poker. You can't be taking money off the table. If, you just, if I just lost $1,000 to you, I don't want you taking 500 of that and giving it to the bet running girl. You know, I don't have a chance to win that 1000 back from you. But that's the way the laws are here in the right. state of Florida. Okay. And last one, sitting in the first seat you see. Uh, get out of the habit of uh, automatically just jumping into a game. You know you want to play. But you want to look for the best seat. Uh, you may want to pass on the session if there's no games, good games at all. I don't, you know, I'm not uh, used to picking out a game, which is good for me because, you know, as a, for the most part, there's no good ones. For Once me. again, this has to be in a room where there's a, a lot of empty seats. You know, there's a lot of games and enough empty seats. But remember, you know, you're you're playing at a whatever limit is comfortable for your pocketbook. You know, that that's in your range. Sometimes that's the only seat. And if you made a half-hour, 45-minute trip to the casino, you're not going to sit around and wait to sit in there. Yes, that's ideal, but that's assuming that you know the players that are playing there and that you could say, listen, what most people do in that situation, Dave, and as a, as a little bit of advice to our, to our listeners, is if it's the only seat available but you know there's a better table, yeah. not to say a better seat because you can't guarantee a seat, but you know there's a better table, immediately put your name on the transfer list. Right. I'd like to go to table number six when a seat becomes available. Once you get on table six, you may not have an optimum uh, seat assignment that you got there because that's the one seat that's open. But now you tell the dealer, oh, there's nobody. Well, I'd like to have the first seat change. That way, when a seat becomes available, if you don't like it from where you are, you say, no, that's okay, but I'd still like my option for the next time until you get into the position. But this could take, you know, this could over the course of the, of the day, this could take a couple of hours. Is it, 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 it seems, and you know, when he writes it in the way you said it in the article, it seems like you have a choice to choose yeah, it. Right. You, you, you don't really, always, yeah. Sometimes you really don't have, have that choice, you know, or, or at least not within a, a reasonable time frame. Do you think it's a negative for me that everybody asks to sit directly to my left? <laughs> <laughs> they want to see what your action is. <laughs> but you know what, Dave? And I tell this to any listeners out there, you know, none of us came out knowing how to play poker really well. And trust me, in today's age, these young kids today come out so much better than any of us from 30, 40 years ago due to the fact that books have been written, 
you know, the, the, the Internet. There's, there's, you know, there's so many ways for you to get educated. But nothing, no matter how much you learn, you have to sit at the table sooner or later. You're going to have to sit at the table. You have to put your money up there. And guess what? I took it as a personal challenge, not only when I played poker, but when I played all different types of sports growing up. I always wanted to play the better people because I thought that was the only way I could get myself better. Yeah. If I was playing someone inferior to me, I, I, yes, I would beat them, but I wasn't, I wasn't you know, into the game as much because I knew that I had the talent to beat them. Now, if you were constantly kicking my ass, I kept busting my ass until I eventually beat you. And the same thing should be the true in poker. Right. If everybody's asking to be on your left, then say to yourself, well, then you know what? Now, now I'm going to have to learn how to get better at this game. Yeah, it was just weird when uh, the brush uh, called out, seat open next to Mr. Lemon, and <laughs> like 14 people stood up and started waving their arms. I don't, I, I don't understand. I, listen, I take that as a personal challenge if they were doing <laughs> that to me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, let's take our final break in the show. When we come back, we'll take a look at that uh, Jacksonville Best Bet uh, Bounty Scramble Tournament. And we'll also uh, got a couple other short news. Uh, you ever heard of email poker? Email? Yeah. No, sir. We'll talk about that when we come back as well. All right. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick-six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker-playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free-play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. The odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Final segment of the show, Big Dave and Joe finishing things up here. From South Florida, as we bring you another edition of Poker Action Line. Of course, uh, SoundCloud is one of the best places to get the show. Just sign up for that app, and you can pick our show up every week. And uh, you can actually retweet it to friends, or uh, you can catch a tweet from us to uh, know exactly where it is. Uh, a lot of good situations there. Also, uh, you can always go back and listen to previous shows on our website, PokerActionLine.com. 
click on the yellow box on the front page and uh, take you to the archives and you can pick out some of your favorites that have been on the show and listen to some great interviews from the past. Uh, just recently, Chris Bolick and Abby Daniels, two of the shows that we did while Joe was away, uh, were very good shows. And then a lot of the stuff uh, from earlier in the year when uh, there were a lot of tournaments in town and we carried some taped interviews, uh, those are all available as well. So check those out and uh, we hope you will. Uh, the best bet, Bonnie Scramble, still down to three players. Uh, Darren Elias, 5.8 million. Paul Petraglia, 2.4. So obviously a nice hand there for Mr. Petraglia. Still hanging in there. Uh, three players left of blinds, 25 and 50,000 with a 5,000 ante. And uh, so moving along there, Panzika has two uh, WPT championships uh, to his credit. Elias has three. Petraglia looking for his first. So they're finishing up there in Jacksonville. Another great tournament here on the WPT. Email poker. This is a decades-long tradition. Uh, doesn't seem like anything that would uh, interest uh, today's world, but it's called the World Recreational Gambling Poker Tournament. And they play by email. This is the 27th year that they've been doing it. You basically, uh, when it's your turn, you make your play, and uh, you have four hours to get your play in. So obviously, excuse me. Excuse me? Yeah, yeah. Four to, hours per person. Yeah, I mean it's like uh, email. So you know, you you may have may be doing something and uh, may have to come home and check your email and uh, make your return. Who's uh, playing this? Thing? Yeah, it's it's kind of funny, but they they still get uh, over 500 players that play every year, and uh, it's old school poker in its uh, finest form. Uh, the, no, an email comes from no, the automated dealer. No, I know. I'm sorry. No, it's not. <laughs> four hours. I got to wait four hours for someone to make a play. No. Uh, the the email notifies the player of his or her whole cards. A separate email comes with a text layout of the table featuring positions, chip sacks, etc. Uh, you know, basically players can, uh, uh, you know, just write back that they're six just heading or folding six and that sort of thing. Six hands in a 24-hour day. Huh? Yeah, okay. it's. Uh, let me see exactly what they said about that. Uh, no, I don't see it here. Talk about, <laughs> about how long it People takes. People talk about baseball being slow, huh? Yeah. But uh, anyway, it's still around. And uh, it started in 2000 and, uh, what did I say, uh, 1991 was the first year it's been around. And uh, there's a fellow that played in 93 when it had 195 players. It got up over 600. And now it's uh, dropped back a little bit. But uh, uh, one of the guys that plays in the tournament is a guy we've had on the show, Kevin Mathers. Kev Math, who uh, uh, does a lot of the tweeting for the World Series of Poker. And uh, he said he's always had fun with it, uh, playing on that as well. So, Wow. I'm, I'm glad some people have enjoyed that. I don't think I, can, I have the patience for that. Probably not. Anyway, also I want to mention, uh, I, I don't think I mentioned on a previous show, but uh, there are actually poker refunds going out for Absolute Poker. We thought we Oof. never really heard much about that, but here, uh, s six and a half years later, people are finally getting their money back from those accounts uh, because there was money left over after the refunds from uh, Full Tilt. And uh, uh, these are still coming out. Garden City Group is the one... Uh, uh, but administering uh, that. But the people who ran Absolute Poker never gave any money towards this. Uh, not sure. Not sure about that. Probably the money came from probably the that. money came from uh, Poker Stars. Is my guess. You know yeah. that, that didn't read, had all the money laid out there for people to get their money back. So uh, four to six weeks is what they're saying if you put your correct info in. Anyway, there's a big story on that earlier this month on uh, Poker News. Uh, 
and the first wave have been sent out, but now they're going to uh, move on to the disputed claims. So um, if you haven't done it thus far, you may have to wait a little bit longer. Anyway, uh, the final three players at Jacksonville, and we are moving on in the World Series of Poker Europe, which is uh, going on over in Rosvedov. Uh, headed toward uh, the main event down Rosa, the road. Uh, we discussed that the owner of that casino only paid somebody $1 million out of a $3 million losing bet or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, was. we talked about that last week. Uh, Leon uh, Sukernik. Wow. I'm surprised that hasn't gotten more information, yeah. more, more, more press, I should say. Well, we'll keep an eye on what happens with that. Uh, but uh, finishing up here today, we will... Uh, uh, work on a few other things. I, I want to do a discussion about poker chips and use some of Joe's expertise in talking about some of that, uh, how the room handles chips and that sort of thing might be kind of interesting. Also, a couple of situations. Oh, there was one hand on the World Series that I just want to run by you quickly. We don't have a lot of time, but um, I want to talk about this hand. There was a fella who at the end of day one, they were down to the final level of the day, and he was the chip leader with 137,000 chips. And... Uh, Played a hand that was kind of very strange. Uh, his name was uh, Vasel Cortan, and uh, he began blind raising every hand. Uh, after one blind raise, he was called by a fellow named Sander Van Viesmael, uh, who three bet, and the board was Ace Queen Eight of Spades, all spades. Okay. Uh, Cortan checked. Van Wiesel uh, bet 10k. Uh, Cortan raised to 28K, and then he was called by uh, Van Wiesmail. Uh There was a nine on the turn. It doesn't say, obviously, it wasn't a spade, but there was a nine on the turn, and then a king on the river. Uh, eventually, Cortan would move all in, and uh, Van Wiesmail, uh had the clock called on him and finally made a decision. He put his tournament life at stake, and turned over ace-queen of spade, of uh, diamonds. So he had top pair. Yeah, um, right. He, well, he turned over his cards 7-3. And then not, not at least one was, a, I didn't, was not no, a spade. No, he was just trying to bluff the guy out Completely of the Completely tried to bluff. But you're the chip leader at the end of day one. Uh, is that a fantastic bluff that just didn't work no. or what? No. Or ridiculous. Just, first of all, you didn't look at your cards, so... You could be playing. You could have had pocket aces. You could have had a. You could have had a deuce seven. He was close to a deuce seven with a three seven. So, listen. Was well, that just boredom at the end of the day? Maybe yeah, they just been. try something. Could have been. I mean, I've seen people do crazy, crazy things. They, you know, they they get stubborn. Uh, I've gotten stubborn against certain players. You know, he, maybe he got pissed off that this guy took a stand against him and raised him. And since he was a chip leader, you know, in his mind, I'm going to teach this guy a lesson and. You know, the, the guy had a hand. you got to put the guy in a hand. If you've been blind raising and everybody's been folding to you, guy three bets you, you got to put this man on a hand. And when you said the board had, I believe you said it came out ace, queen, eight, uh, three spades, you've, you, you've got to figure if this guy's continuing with the bet, having looked at his cards, he's got a large piece of that flop. Right. Especially since he knows you haven't looked. So he isn't that afraid that you've got two spades. You know, now in this instance, the guy didn't even have a spade. He had flopped top two pairs. But this so, is at the World Series of Poker Europe. $10,000 buy-in. Listen, I'm playing solid poker. I'm yeah. not doing that. You yeah. know, that's that's just 
craziness. And so obviously that hand crippled him, and he was out. That's why you have to mention who the player's name is. That's why you're not saying it's Jason <laughs> doing that, Daniel, Phil, any of the Phils doing it. <laughs> so, you know, it's just crazy. I could understand, uh, as we've known in the history, Dave, that Phil Helmuth used to love picking up extra chips when they were on the bubble. You understand? That's right. a different story. People now, are now forget tournament life. You're about to cash. You just need one, one or two more people to, out of you know a thousand to to, to lose their hand. Right. So you want to cash and at least make a min a min uh, min profit over here. And these people were taking these big raises, the the chip leaders. And I remember once Phil Helmuth, I think raised like close to thirty hands in a row and never got never no one ever saw him. Wow. So. Okay, well, Phil is over there playing in the in your World Series of Poker Europe. Kenny Hallard, John Raisner, Brandon Cantu, Kristen Bicknell, a few of the names playing over there, uh, Alex Foxen and a few others. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that as they head toward their main event, and we'll keep you up to date on what's happening there. And also uh, we'll give you the final results of the best bet, Bonnie Scramble from Jacksonville on the WVT. That's going to do it for the show. Gio, thank you as usual for everything. Uh, Joe, thank you. And uh, we will see everybody next week on another edition of Poker Action Live. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 